Hey gearheads and welcome to Garage Talk, a discussion about all things automotive. I'm Corey. And I'm Matt. And each week this podcast will serve as a catalyst for discussion on all sorts of topics that grind our gears, rev our engines, or just need a bit more conversation. What what kind of engine was that that you were revving there? Oh, <laughs> spectacular V12. So, it, Magnificent it, is, it is a momentous occasion here at GT Garage Talk because for the first time ever... We have a guest live in studio with us. Yes. In my home studio. Yes. So we've done, let's see, we've interviewed my wife, we've interviewed... Spencer. Spencer, and I think that's it in person. Someone's going to be mad at me if I forgot Uh-oh. them. <laughs> but we've not done a lot of... Our dads. Yes. Yeah, in the heat of your garage. Uh, so we've not done a lot of in-person interviews, but we have a very special guest this week. We Mr. do. Mr. Brad Bowen. Hello, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. It is a pleasure to have you. Most definitely. <laughs> and that's not just because of what you drove over here and let us drive, but we, we will get more into that in a little bit. So uh, first things first, uh, a challenge was issued, and this is the answer to said challenge. It so, is. So uh, a few weeks ago, we had Mikey Brooding on our podcast talking about a, Adrenaline Rally uh, and the Poker Run. And talking about all things Adrenaline Rally, supercars. And in that episode, he challenged Brad to come on the show. I had a call out. I had to answer. <laughs> so here he is. We've been told just the tiniest bit of a lot of stories. Yes. That I don't even know where to begin with. So I'm just going to let you start and, and we'll see where this conversation goes. I don't know where to start. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of stories. I've been able to get in a lot of mischief on accident on purpose sometimes. <laughs> a lot of mishaps, uh, a lot of bad luck. So there's so, a lot. Just because we're talking about Mikey at this present moment, and he did send us a message about a certain instance in said Diablo that we just got out of where you break checked him. Uh, yep. <laughs> Uh, so I, I bought the car February of 2017. Unfortunately, I got to enjoy it for a few months before I had to go down for some maintenance. But I got Mikey into Longview with me, and we we're just out cruising around. And there's a brand new stretch of outer loop that they built, brand new pavement. So we figured we'd go out and stretch our legs and maybe hit 140, 150 uh, kilometers an hour. So <laughs> yes. whatever that converts to, like, I think it's like six, 65 miles right, an hour. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah. And there's uh, six piston Brembo brakes on the front end, so we just had to do a brake test. <laughs> and um, I think both of us almost lost our lunch oh, with no. the amount of force that we felt slamming on the brakes. And I haven't heard a guy grunt that hard <laughs> in a very long time from the pain. <laughs> And I, I want to say Mikey and I went out and had tacos a few hours ago for lunch. Oh. So it didn't go so well, but hey, it's got amazing brakes. Yeah, rip your face off kind of brakes. Yep, rip your oh. face off, stomach comes out of your body yeah. kind of feeling. So Matt and I just like Friday got out of a Trackhawk Jeep Grand Cherokee, 707 horsepower. It also has some giant Brembo brakes on it. Uh, he and I did some acceleration tests, you know, yeah. when we drove it to Mexico. Right. And uh, I did not warn him that I was also going to do some brake testing. No, you didn't. And he, he may or may not have had his phone out in his hands doing some acceleration <laughs> testing. I'm surprised you were able to hold on to it through all of yeah, yeah, just barely. <laughs> but uh, that was fun. Uh, I did not stand on them 
as hardly as hard as I could have. So you're welcome. But that does take me back to... Well, that, that's impressive then, because I felt like you were standing <laughs> on them pretty good. No, there, there was still a little more travel to them. So oh, my. So there's some pretty good breaks. And uh, when I drove the C8 Corvette, my wife was actually filming that. And I did not feel like I needed to explain that I was about to do a very quick acceleration run. Right. She was not prepared. Mentally, physically, anything. <laughs> she did an excellent job filming that. So yeah, yeah. It, it's always fun when uh, there's some unintended or <laughs> unexpected uh, driver uh, inputs, <laughs> so to speak. I'd say the best way I can uh, put a comparison to it is the older ro- roller coasters at, say, Six Flags. Yeah. yeah. And you're coming to the end, and they have the that long brake system on it, mm-hmm. and you go from about 40 to zero mm-hmm. in about seven feet. Yeah. <laughs> That's about equal to what these Brembos do on this car. Yeah, with all of those rides, I always know, all right, it's coming. I brace myself and I turn my head sideways oh, yeah. because I don't want my eyes popping out of mm-hmm. my head. So uh, that's a, uh apropos uh, oh, yeah. comparison there. Okay, good yep. to know, good to know. So said Diablo, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about it, how you got it, how you came about it, why the Diablo some background um the diablo has been always been one of the ultimate dream cars for me uh i had multiple posters of it on my wall when i was a kid Mm -hmm. um it just screamed it's got some sex appeal to it Mm -hmm. but just the lines the wedge shape the v12 motor the sound from it when you're watching the old way before youtube you know the old original top gear episodes from 1995 (laughs) yeah oh it was just i fell in love with it and should I be able to become a multimillionaire and being able to afford a Ferrari F50 or, <laughs> you know, McLaren F1? Right, right. That, is, that has been the dream car for me. That's awesome. So you said you picked it up in February of? Got it in February 2017. Okay. Um, I, uh, I am the original owner of Adrenaline Rally. I started it in 2014. We hosted a few events in 2015. I needed to take 2016 off, and I thought, well... I'm getting to the point where I can afford a Lamborghini. I'm getting to the point where I can afford a Diablo. Yeah. It's it's within reach. So why not bring the rally business back and use the Diablo as the main face for the rally? Um, thought it could help me get a lot more exposure, uh, get the word out better, maybe appeal to more Lamborghini owners yeah. to join yeah. the rally, which was the ultimate dream to have multiple Lamborghinis on one of my rallies that I produced. So I purchased it. Partly because it's a dream car and it's one of the ultimate dream cars for me, and partly for the rally business. Yeah. Uh, so tax write off, right? What's that? <laughs> it's a tax write off. Sure, right? yeah. a big one. <laughs> yes. Uh, so February 2017, then we kicked off the poker run that we, that I put on. That was in June of 2017. So I took it to as many events in the Dallas area as I could, just to get the name out there and just help promote it. The week before the rally, uh, the rally's on a Saturday, so the Monday leading up to it, I sent it into Lamborghini Dallas for an oil change. Top off the fluids, you know, detail it if you don't mind, give it a good car wash. I've got my rally coming up in five days, so just just take care of the car yeah. for me. And the Thursday before the rally, this is crunch time. This is yeah. the hardest part of organizing a road rally and the final moments and the most stressful times. Tying up all those loose ends. Tying all the loose ends, finalizing all the finite details. Uh, Lamborghini Dallas calls me and said, you may want to come check this out. Oh, 
Not a good sign. My heart just sunk for you. <laughs> we found a problem. Oh. Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. We have a major problem. So I rushed to Dallas. I, I'm about two hours away from Dallas. So I rushed over there. It was late afternoon. They found metal shavings in the oil, heavy amount of metal shavings in the oil. And based on the color of the shavings, there was some copper and there was some steel in there. So mm. they were suspecting uh, camshafts were bad. Mm. Uh, they they kept throwing out all these wild scenarios. Well, if it's this issue, that's going to put you down about $40,000. <laughs> but if it's this, and if we have to replace the block, then you're looking at fifty dollars to $60,000. Oh, my gosh. And mind you, I've, I've only owned this car for four months. Right. And... It's supposed to be a traveling billboard, basically. It's supposed to be a traveling billboard. And based on a work schedule, I only had it in my possession for six weekends before this happened. Mm. Oh, man. That's all the time I've had to enjoy the ownership of it. So they kept throwing out all these wild scenarios of, well, if we have to rebuild the motor, then that's, you know, minimum three years and $40,000. So uh, there's another shop in the Dallas area called Norwood Auto Italia. And I've already met the shop manager of that shop before, already knew of them, knew that they specialize in old Lamborghinis and Ferraris. So I decided to take the sample to them to let them check it out. Mm -hmm. And on their first look over, they thought, well, it's probably not too bad. And I'm pressuring them, hey, I've got this rally coming up in two days (laughs) and I'm putting on, this is the face of the rally. This car has to be on that rally. So they said, well... There's a chance it can happen, but we really want to see the car. We don't just want to see a sample of the oil. Get it to us by tomorrow afternoon, and and we'll decide on it. So Friday afternoon, I get in town, loaded up on my trailer from Lamborghini Dallas, trailered over to Norwood, and within 10 seconds of cranking it up, the shop manager said, nope, this ain't going anywhere. There's a major issue in the the engine. We have no idea what it is, but I can already tell just from idling for 10 seconds, you're not taking this on the rally. Are you sure? <laughs> if you want to break it, but yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. So here it is, literally probably 15 hours before my rally starts, and I'm without a car. And I'm frantically trying to figure out how do I come back from this? This car, I'm unloading this and parking in a shop. Right. And um, in addition to the rally on Saturday, we were having kind of a meet and greet on Friday afternoon. Much of the teams can get together. We were going to go to a big go-kart track in Dallas and let everybody kind of mingle and build up some camaraderie and new friendships before the actual rally on Saturday. Well, that starts at 7, and here it is 5.30, and I'm without a car. And so I'm thinking, well, am I going to have to go to the airport, the Hertz at the airport, and walk through the whole (laughs) lot and try to find a car that's suitable for the rally, that has the needs that I want? And a buddy of mine, one one of my good friends that was running the rally, uh, told me about Turo, which mm-hmm. is a, an app where you can rent a car from an individual right. rather than Hertz or whatever. So I got on Turo, I downloaded the app, and I'm scrolling through, and I'm seeing some pretty cool-looking cars. And I come up to a Mercedes CLA 250. Okay. It's probably about a 2015 model. So they're kind of your entry-level four-door Mercedes, right. but they look really sleek. Mm-hmm. I love the front end of them. They've got plenty of pep, plenty of you know, plenty of horsepower with a sunroof so I can have my cameraman working in the car with me. Uh, The way Turo works in my, in my frantic attempt to book a car (laughs) as fast as I can. If you book a car by let's say six 30 or six 29, you can pick it up at seven. 
But if you finalize the booking at 631, it re- it changes over and you can't pick it up until 730. So I had, I had missed a window of however that worked out. So I'm frantically trying to get this car and I'm, you know, pick up time 630 uh, or 7:30, and then drop off time on Sunday, knowing I've got to drive back on Sunday. I should have put 730. So you paid uh, for, for an extra day. <laughs> well, so I would pay for two full days. Yeah. But in my frantic attempt to book this car and all the stress I'm dealing with. And people call me, hey, where are you at? We're showing up at the at the go-kart place, and you're not here. You're the, you're the face of the rally. You're not <laughs> right. here. Well, I got an issue. I'll be there soon. So I mistakenly booked it for a drop-off time at 4.30 on Sunday instead of 7.30, mm-hmm. instead of a full 48 hours. So I go to this guy's house, and he's ready to hand the key over to me. And then he's like, well, what are you going to do with my car? You know, <laughs> you're renting it for two right. days. I, don't, I can't blame the guy. Right. Well, there's this... Charity kind of rally thing, car cruise. I'm not really sure all the details, but <laughs> we might go to Oklahoma. I'm not really sure. The least elevator As pitch ever. <laughs> information I can give this guy, the better for me. And so he's kind of, you know, thinking about it and not for sure. And I'm like, it's for charity, Yeah, I think. Okay. All right. I trust you. So we had the interaction for about 15 minutes and I took off and I left. And um, thankfully, I decided not to put any rally decals on the car, on the paint. None of the none of the sponsored decals, our main logo. I just put a windshield banner across the top of the windshield just so there's a little bit of right. association with the rally. So Saturday morning, we start the rally. Uh, and I'm hearing, where's the Lambo? Where's that Diablo? I want to see the Diablo. I want to drive with the Diablo. Sorry, guys. About 12 hours ago, I found out it's not making the rally. It is what it is. I'm sorry, but hey, I'll be in a Mercedes, so I'm still keeping up with everybody. So we do the rally. Everything works just fine. The whole event went off perfectly. Everybody loved the entire event. Um, Around probably the last third of the rally, it's about a 400-mile trip that we took from Dallas to Tulsa, Oklahoma, I'm starting to feel a shimmy in the steering wheel. Mm -hmm. And we get to our next stop, and I'm looking, and there's a bulge in the sidewall of one of the front tires. And I used to manage a tire shop, so textbook, that's that's a manufacturer defect. There's nothing I can do about it. I'll just finish up the route. I'll tell the guy tomorrow when I'm dropping the car off, hey, it's here, sorry. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It's a manufacturer defect. Well, I'm driving back on Saturday from Tulsa, and it's approaching 4.30, and I get a call from Turo, the company, asking me, are you dropping this car off by 4.30? Well, I'm running behind a little skip, running a little bit behind. Uh, it's probably going to be more like 6.30 or 7 before I get there, but that falls within a two-day window from 7.30 p.m., so I should be good, right? Nope, it's going to be an hourly late fee. For every hour that you're late, we're going to charge you a late fee. Okay, well, it is what it is. Um, with the car, I think it included 150 miles a day, right. and so I knew I was going to be paying extra for mileage. I didn't know how much, but it's a tax write-off. Right. It's a, it's a rally expense. <laughs> right. So whatever. I don't care. Um, so the the owner calls me a little bit later. Hey, where's my car? You're supposed to be here at 430. Well, man, I, I, I thought I booked a, two, a, a full two-day yeah. schedule. I'm sorry, but I'm a little bit behind. I will be there by 730. I'm just – I'm running a little bit behind. Well, I mean, 
my kid's birthday party starts in 30 minutes, so you need to get this car back. I don't want you to interrupt me in, in the middle of my car on my kid's birthday. I'm sorry, man. I'll be there before 730. That's all I can tell you. Oh, and by the way, there's a shimmy in the steering wheel, and I found there's a bulge in the sidewall of one of the tires. I'll send you a picture of it. What? You damaged my car? No, I didn't damage it. It's just, right. it, it, it happens, you know. It's a tire issue. So I get to his house. Or actually, I'm sorry. So about 30 minutes out from his house, I'm unloading my equipment out of the car, the spare stickers and other stuff, my luggage. And the videographer that I hired to take video of the whole rally, I didn't know this, but he rushed home Sunday morning, uploaded all the video to YouTube, mixed it all, did everything he needed, put it on YouTube. And the owner of this car, his friend, saw the video on YouTube and then tagged the guy, the owner, on the video. Hey, man, it was so cool seeing you run this rally yesterday. (laughs) So the owner's like, what rally and what are you talking about? So the videographer calls me. Hey, man, is the owner of that car, is his name? Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, uh, he already knows about the rally. What do you mean he knows about the rally already? This is supposed to be a secret. Well, I didn't know, but I went ahead and uploaded the video, and he told me the story, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a nightmare. So (laughs) I get to the guy's house, did a little quick car wash, spray the bugs off or whatever, and he comes outside, he's mad. I'm interrupting his kid's birthday party. And I'm I'm, I'm sorry, man, but at least I got it back within two days. I don't know if that helps you at all. And he's... Pretending like he doesn't know anything, but he's questioning me about, well, what did you do in my car? Right. I'm like, well, we, we did a, a, a trip to, like, <laughs> Central or something, Oklahoma. It was further than I anticipated. I didn't know the details. Really? Well, did you do this? Did you do that? And he started asking me a lot of questions. And then he came down to, well, how fast did you go? There's a tollway that leads up to Tulsa. That's wide open, mm-hmm. three or four lanes wide, mm-hmm. and every car went full send. And I probably averaged 140 miles an hour in Mexico. Right. That's, that's, the right, tollways right. in Mexico. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a detour. It's a very crazy route. Uh, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so I probably averaged 140 miles an hour for, I don't know, eight to 10 minutes. Right. And so now this guy's asking me, well, how do you, how do you make this bulge in the sidewall and how fast did you go? I think I hit about 90 a couple times, maybe. Like There were some Ferraris and stuff. So, I mean, I, I did book it a few times. What? You went 90 in this car? Well, yeah, man, it's, it's a Mercedes. It's only like a three-year-old car right. at this point. And he was flipping out and oh saying, my this, is my, this is my Sunday car. And I only take the wife and kid out for a cruise like once a month. And I can't believe, I've never sped in this car. I've never even hit 90 miles an hour. I can't believe you'd do this in my car. And at one point I'm thinking, putting it on Turo. <laughs> what are you doing putting on Turo and renting it out to Josh Mo? Yeah. yeah. And then I'm starting to think, wait a second, is there some kind of small print on the Turo, you know, agreement? You yeah. shall not speed. Well, here's another fine that I'm going to have to pay or something. So he flipped out about that. And I, I kind of basically went down to like, okay, we're not renter and rentee anymore. Man to man, car got a car guy. This car is meant for well over ninety miles an hour. I yeah. mean, this is an autobahn car. It's from Germany. This is yeah. ninety miles an hour it's, is nothing. Yeah, that's. I still can't believe you went ninety. This is absolutely absurd, dude. I'm sorry. At least I didn't go one hundred fifty. 
that okay, you know. Okay, okay, I guess. Uh, so then he asked me about all the stickers and everything, and I finally came clean. Okay, dude, this was it was a rally. I didn't know every detail, but I mean, this is what happened. And then he started asking about the tire, and well, you must have hit a speed bump. No, sir, no speed bumps, no no dips, no anything, no curb rash. I can give you the route car to show you the entire route. You can drive it yourself. Yeah. I did nothing to this car to cause this bulge in the sidewall. And, well, I'm going to take it to Mercedes tomorrow, and, and we're going to get to the bottom of this. I'm like, okay, I'm actually off tomorrow. So if you want, I'll even go to go up there with you and make them make sure they confirm this is a manufactured defect and it's effortless. They'll, they'll warranty the tire. Right. You'll get a new tire. You might get two new tires if you're lucky. It's, it's easy. So we had a gentleman's handshake on, well, either you meet me up there tomorrow or I'll call you and let you know what happens, and we'll take care of it on the side outside of Turo. Okay. Three days later, I get a notice from Turo that I got charged $500 for damaging <sighs> this guy's car. And so... I contacted the guy, and he will not answer texts, phone calls, nothing. Mm-hmm. I tried reaching out to Turo. Listen, I, and I explained it to Turo. They didn't take my side at all. Yeah. So the rental was $120 a day for this Mercedes for two days. Plus, I knew I was going to pay for some mileage, and that should have been it. So probably after sales tax and everything, about $300 out the door for two days, plus a little extra for mileage. Right. All in all, this one rental for not even two days – Came out to be thirteen hundred and fifty-one dollars. Oh <laughs> so this is a good time to say this episode is not sponsored by Turo. <laughs> wow, I don't like Turo. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's incredible. It it really does beg the question: What on earth was that dude even doing listing his car? Well, yeah, on Turo, because Matt and I have had an idea for a video trip that we won't share too many details of and we've been scouring toro oh yeah for oh gosh <laughs> there it is thirteen hundred fifty one dollars and ninety eight cents yeah look at all the fees that's on there oh my goodness trip Two, price was two hundred and forty dollars so yeah. yeah and damage cost five hundred late fee a hundred and fifty a hundred i was charged, two and a half hours late and they charged me 150 bucks which was more than a whole which is more day. than a whole day and i begged i begged them and pleaded hey i messed up most rental cars are for two full days anyways yeah. so can you just bump me for two hours i'm just yeah. i messed up i was in a you know i was frantic when booking it and they nothing. wonder how much of that actually makes it to him and how much stays with toro he he did say originally how much he gets because I'm like, hey, just out of curiosity, how much are these Turos and yeah. you know the Ubers and when the you're lifts? picking it up, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, I want to say he got about ninety five or hundred off of the one twenty. Okay, and that's well, not bad. When he filed the claim for the tire, the tire itself was like four hundred, but then Tur- Turo added their own. Oh, of course um, they did. Yeah, upkick from that, so that five hundred dollars for a tire. Excess distance reimbursement, $366. <laughs> Do you know for sure how That's far like a dollar a mile. No, yeah. it's more than a dollar a mile because I think, if I remember right, it included oh, 200 or 250 miles automatically. Wow. And full round trip was maybe, I don't know, 500 miles, maybe. So in the grand scheme of things, he really made out on this because he got a new tire out of it. It shouldn't have been anything off it. Right. His nose just the time and energy out of it all. 
Plus, he got all these extra fees and a minor annoyance with the kid's birthday party. But again, it leads me to ask the question, what on earth are you listing it on Turo for in a window that you don't want it returned uh, with... If if you're going to be worried about people doing something stupid in it, uh, that's well, yeah. I mean that because that's rental cars are for that purpose, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a Mercedes. So right, and, Mercedes. and I'm on a rally. Oh, he didn't know that. Well, well, you know, it's you know, it's for charity. It was a charity thing. For, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh my god. Absolutely incredible. So not a fan of Toro. Nope. No. No. No sponsorship. No promotion. Wow. Uh, they missed out on that one because... They could have sponsored yeah, my rally if they know, played their cards right. They sure could have. So yeah. while we're talking about the rally, how did that come to be? What what led to, uh, as the original owner, how, how did you get there? So growing up, uh, late 90s, early 2000s, I was watching videos of the Gumball 3000 as it toured literally around the world. Uh, always dreamed of, man, one day I'm going to have a Lamborghini and I'm going to run the Gumball 3000. I'm going to travel the world and do this and do that. And then I got um, tuned into other rallies through the early 2000s. You had the Players Run. Um, there's the Bull Run Rally. Mm-hmm. And all these rallies were just equal level of party, drive fast, awesome cars, you know, everything else that goes with that. And uh, 2012, I bought my first sports car. I bought a Dodge Viper uh-huh. and found out about the Gold Rush Rally, so I, I registered for that. And that year, they ran L.A. to Miami, but they didn't run the full distance. Oh. I know that's grueling. Oh. L.A. to Miami in like seven days. Oh, my. But what they did, this was genius on their part. We did uh, L.A. to Phoenix for a night and then Phoenix to Vegas. We stayed in Vegas for two nights, and while we're there partying and enjoying the nightlife, they transported the cars to Atlanta, and then after two days of partying and staying up all night and no sleep, we flew to Atlanta, got back in the cars, and then <laughs> made our way down to Miami. Okay. So uh, almost transcontinental. Almost, almost yeah. <laughs> Cheating just a little, just a smidge. Well, That's cool. On that topic, uh, I don't know, and I, I'm, I'm creating a faux pas here asking a question I don't know all the details to myself, but... I saw many a story pop up over the last year about the COVID rally. Did you hear any any about COVID rallies? People were going from New York to L.A. Oh, yes. Uh, taking advantage of the, the global lockdown. The lack of traffic right. and the lack of police yeah. presence. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. there were many <laughs> transcontinental records broken last year. Uh, very many. A lot of attempts and a lot of record breaking. Yeah. So. Yep. It would have been a good year last year. Yes, sir. With, with the best one coming in, like, sub-26 or 27 hours. I mean, like... If I remember right, it was, like, 27 hours and 40-something minutes. And that, the average time for that, or the average speed, I'm sorry, is something like 115, 117 miles an hour, averaging for right. almost 3,000 miles right. across the entire country. That's nuts. It's insane. I want to know what the fuel bill would be for that. Uh, what what's a, what is that doing to the tires? Oh what, yeah. What, what is like? Th- there's so much that goes to pushing a car that hard for that long. For that long. Well, but. it's not just pushing the car, but there's a lot of planning involved. So this individual that broke the record last year, and a couple individuals that broke the record previously, they had a fleet of lookout drivers mm. across the entire stretch of the route in every state, and this 
the, the role of this guy is to be about 10 miles ahead of the individual making the run. And their job is to attract any police that they can if there's any police on the roads. And that guy will take the fall and get a ticket. But that police is already pulled over when when you come when the main individual at comes in and by at Golly. 140 or 170 miles an hour. Oh. And so this, uh, this individual had who knows how many people run right. just ahead of him just to make sure the coast is clear for over 3,000 miles. Can you imagine how many it's buddies incredible. that you have to be in good with? Because you're going to owe them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. How many beers do you owe a guy <laughs> no that can run for you, you know, to take the fall, to be the fall guy for you? Yeah. Ugh. You know, I guess you could play it up as, hey, man, you're you're going to be part of something epic. And sure, it won't be the glamorous side of things, but if it wouldn't happen without you. That's oh, a salesman man. and me coming out. I'm like, all right, how can I spin this That's, to somebody yeah. else? Wow. Golly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cannot imagine. That's incredible. It's it's insane. And uh, I was fortunate enough to speak to that individual and a couple other guys that are previous record holders last year. I was able to work the Gold Rush Rally last year, and a few of the individuals were on the rally. So I got to kind of hang with oh, them and learn the so ropes. Cool. Um, shortly after I bought my Viper, uh, Richard Rawlings from Gas Monkey Garage had set a record, I think in 2007, 31 hours and 59 minutes. And I thought, I'm in a Viper. I could... I could probably beat that. So I did actually start planning, trying to make an attempt. Okay. It might have been a year or two later, but I was trying to make some plans, and I'm, I'm just stupid enough to try this right now before <laughs> I get married and just get settled down. I'm just dumb enough, and I've got just the right kind of car to do this. And then next thing I know, the record's broken, and the new record is 28 hours and 50 minutes. And I did the math and did the figuring. I was like, nope. I just saved myself a lot of time and yep. effort and hassle and probably a lot of speeding tickets. Oh, not, man. Not going to make that attempt now. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's so cool. All right. So, so we kind of segued away. Yeah. But the cause of me starting Adrenaline Rally was growing up, loving the Gold Rush Rally, or yeah, Gold Rush Rally, uh, Gumball 3000, all these record attempts, transcontinental record attempts. And after doing Gold Rush Rally, I got the rally fever. I, I did a rally. I won the I won the top prize on the rally. That could be a story for later. And so I really got really having the rally um, activity, and I was doing three or four rallies a year. But I'm finding that I have to drive all the way to Miami to do a two-day rally mm-hmm. based in Florida, or I have to drive to Chicago to do a one- or two-day rally in Chicago, or I have to drive to L.A. to do a rally. And I'm thinking, why isn't there anything like this in Texas? and started doing the research and there there really wasn't much in Texas at the time, especially in the Dallas area. And the Dallas area has a huge exotic car community. It's massive. And why not? I've always been an entrepreneur. I've I've owned a few businesses up to that point and I'm getting bored. I haven't had a business that I've owned for a few years now. So I'm thinking, why not start a rally? How hard can it be? (laughs) Famous last last words for everybody. How hard can it be? I know routes, I know yeah. roads, I've got cool cars, and I know people with cool cars, so that's basically the start of it, and that's why I started Adrenaline Rally. Wow. That's cool. That was really and cool. And then I started the rally, and I learned what it takes to run a business like that, and yeah. it's very stressful. And it wouldn't be near as stressful, but my my job is based in Alaska, okay. and I work three weeks on and three weeks off, or get three weeks off throughout the whole year. So I thought, well, I'm off for half the year. I got plenty of time to organize and plan and drive routes and, 
you know, sales sponsorships, there wasn't enough time in the day. And after putting on three events over the course of three years, I just realized that I can't do both. Yeah. And uh, eventually that's where Mikey came in. Yeah. Thank you, Mikey. And he decided (laughs) to buy the rally. This is to you, Mikey. On the worst year ever. (laughs) (laughs) 2020 is all, is your year, buddy. Oh, uh, snake bit. And uh, uh, on that note, what other cars are in your stable? So I've been fortunate and blessed to own five Vipers so far. Uh, that's that's by far my favorite brand, favorite model right. of everything. I could own plenty of Lamborghinis or Ferraris, but the Viper is it for me. So mm. currently, I have a '96 Viper GTS mm-hmm. and a 1992 Viper, which is the first year model. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to pick up the 35th Viper built. Wow. So it's one of the earliest ones available to the wow. public. I got extremely lucky on that car. It came from California. And uh, after a little bit of wheeling and dealing, it's in my stable, and it's not leaving anytime soon. That's Hurricane incredible. wheels, side pipes, all that good Those stuff. little three-spoke wheels yeah, and the side yeah. pipes that burn your legs when you get out. <laughs> are all, all the stories it, true? <laughs> all the stories are true. And it's, oh. it's, it's a death trap. I mean, it's a death machine. If right. you don't treat it right and you floor it, there's a lot of people that have been killed in Vipers. Yeah. They call it the Widowmaker, actually. Yeah. Wow. So do, do you have the soft top and the janky windows? Oh, and- man. <laughs> the the soft top was an afterthought, I found yes. out. Yes, And it is by far the worst <laughs> piece of engineering. Like, who thought of this? <laughs> so but all if- those videos like a... a Three's company then putting up a tent or something crazy. I'm thinking <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's exactly it. The, I didn't know about this when I bought the car and I'm trailing it back and I'm like, well, let me just try putting the top on. This is the first, this is first hour of having it. <laughs> and I hadn't watched any YouTube videos, how to put a top on a Viper RT10. Yeah. And I'm trying this myself and it's thinking just they disaster. sold it to the public. So surely. Yeah. It's gotta be, I mean, yeah, it's easy, right? Yeah. No, it's a two-person job, and I'm sure I looked like a complete idiot trying to put this thing on in a Walmart parking lot in California. Uh, but other than that, it's an amazing car. Um, I hopefully will never go without owning a Viper again. Hmm. Um, when I purchased my Lamborghini, I had two Vipers at the time. I had an RT10 from 2000 and then a 2003 SRT10. Okay. I used both of those as trade-in towards a Lamborghini, and... So that was February 2017. Then in June, my car breaks down. And after a few months, they figure out, well, this is going to be a a motor teardown, and we're going to have to really dig into it. So I knew I was going to be out of a Lamborghini for at least a year or two. I just gave up two Vipers for a Lambo, and then it breaks down. And I'm sitting here without a car. I went from two Vipers to no car at all. Right. And I'm just fiending for another car. I have to have something to drive. So... I picked up a, a 96 Viper. Um, it ended up having some issues, so I was able to sell it to a, a good buddy of mine who, who handled it very well and took good care of it. And then I picked up the current 96 Viper. So, um, like I said, hopefully we'll never go without owning a Viper right. again. Mm. Man. Yeah, so we're, we're all about the same age. Yeah. You are describing like all the cars that were on mine and my brother's wall growing up, and, and it it's uh, essentially that's what it is for you. You're going after those dream cars. I'm, yeah. I have the dreams, and fortunately, um, have the salary to help out, yeah. and I'm I'm blessed. I truly am to be able to own 
and enjoy the cars that I've owned so far. That's awesome. All right. Well, we're going to pivot just a little right now. So we will ask you more about that uh, story in a little bit, but that'll be for our Patreon subscribers. You can listen behind the paywall. So if you're interested in hearing more stories from Brad, go to patreon.com slash GT garage talk, sign up for, uh, Ooh, goodness. It's been so long since I've looked at the tiers, (laughs) uh, sign up for the second tier and everything above that. You'll get, um, just what we call the aftermarket. We built yeah. on a little extra conversation to each week's uh, episode, and you'll get to hear more from Brad. But as we pivot now, we're going to go into a segment that Matt cleverly calls... Random Misfire. So this okay. is, this is a, a fun little either-or, yes-or-no kind of uh, series of questions. And I realize I'm talking to a supercar guy <laughs> and a Viper guy with and Diablo parked outside. Twelve cylinders outside and a couple of V10s at V10s, home. V10s, yep. Are you going to say it? <sighs> There's eight questions because for a V8, a penny. That's yeah. The yeah. Pitiful little V8. <laughs> can, can we can repeat a little V8? Like, can we do ten questions here? Wait, okay, all right. All we'll right. do we'll do ten questions. I'm kind of a viper guy. So yes. It'd be cool to do ten. Yeah. Questions. All right. All right. We'll Not do to put ten. you on the spot. Can, but no, that's fine. We've that's got perfect. more than enough to choose from. Yeah. Okay. We so we'll do ten questions just for you. Cool. I appreciate that. All right. So I'm gonna start us. Oh, you're gonna start. I'm, okay. I'm gonna start. Okay. I'm, I'm starting. Okay. Go this, for it. This this is. I think I know the answer to this one already, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you like vehicles with more technology or less technology? <laughs> less. Less. Yes. I explained to you guys before ah. the show, um, I tend to buy the first-year model of a specific right. car. So I've yeah. got the first-year model Viper. I've got the first model Viper GTS. I've got the first full-year model for the Diablo. I like them as raw as they can get. Yes. All these uh, stability control and traction control and, you know, ESC and whatever. Yeah. I, no, that's not for me. I well, love it. When you pop the, what do, what do you call it in the Lamborghini? It's not the hood. The, the deck lid. The deck lid. Oh, and then airbags. Yeah. Like, who, who needs airbags in a car? All my car, none of my, all, I have one airbag in my yeah. Viper GTS and that's it. Well, Matt, we, Matt we, was talking about looking under the hood at that V12 and just all the, you know, the guts of it. Yeah. And just how manual it still was it's incredibly mechanical and straightforward and simple the linkages and yet and, yeah spectacular in its composition it's uh, it's a work of art it genuinely is a work of art awesome glad to hear that all right so i ha- you claim yeah, there is a wrong answer to this <laughs> do you name your cars i tried yeah. and um they didn't really go very far, so no. <laughs> when you have names no, like Viper I, I and Diablo, up. I know they kind of come yeah. <laughs> Why try to call it Charlene oh. or something? Right, like right. It's, right. It's it's the Viper. Yeah, I'll, I'll give Agreed. you a pass on that. One. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that one, that one's definitely <laughs> forgivable. All right, manual or automatic? Manual all day long. Okay. All right. So to that end, because Matt famously has a blog post up on our website that the next car he's he's buying. If, if I could buy what, one. What, what was the title of that one, Matt? I want to make you say it. The reason I'm buying a, uh, an automatic. No, it wasn't the reason. It was I am buying. I am buying an automatic sports car. Sports car. And it was. Why? <laughs> well, 
it was it was the particular automatic. It's the dual clutch automatic in the Mustang GT500. Okay. It's spectacular. I, it's I, incredibly intuitive. I'll let it slide. It's that's responsive. Cool. <laughs> it's powerful. It's amazing. Uh, and that's the only reason I would even consider, and because it's the only transmission that comes in that car. But yeah, and unfortunately, if you want the most modern performance, right, that's the only way to go now. Unfortunately, sure. it's it's killing the thrill of it a little bit. The technology is amazing. These yep. dual clutch transmissions, the technology is amazing, but it kills the thrill of having that full control of a car. Having to learn the gate of yeah. <laughs> Lamborghini Diablo. How, how was it driving that since, oh, man. For, since uh, first gear is not in the normal spot? Uh, so, yes. Uh, reverse is where first should be. First is where second should be and so on and so forth. And then you've got that incredibly tight gate. It, it took a second. I did not put it in reverse. So there yeah. is that. Neither I did the very first time driving it. <laughs> first three miles, I think, putting on the car, I was approaching a speed bump and I shifted into first gear like normal. Right. And almost backed into the truck right behind me, and thankfully mm-hmm. honked at me, or else I would have oh. I would have made it mm. made an impact. Mm. Oh. All right, uh, I guess it's my turn. Uh, we'll shift gears a little bit. Favorite car movie? Oh man, that'd be a a tie between Gone in sixty seconds. Which one? Oh, the Nicolas Cage one. Okay. Is there any okay. other one? <laughs> There's the original. Yes. Oh, oh, from like the like, 60s or 70s? Yeah, right, okay, yeah. uh, I'll have to say the Nicolas Cage one. Okay, okay, all right. A tie between that, because it has a Lamborghini in it, uh-huh. and there's a Jaguar XT220, all the cool mm-hmm. cars from the 90s oh, yeah. are in that movie. And I would say the Gumball Rally movie. Okay. Or, I'm sorry, Cannonball Run. Cannonball the Cannonball Run, Run movie yeah. with Burt Reynolds. <laughs> I was, yes. I was, That's just a <laughs> classic. Oh. I was almost surprised that that wasn't the first thing out of your mouth. Yeah. So. Okay. 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 <laughs> all right. Um, would you rather build it? Or buy it. Well, another story for another day, maybe. Okay. For the Patreon, I built a car called an Exomotive Exoset, and that's partially been a nightmare. So I think <laughs> I'm just going to buy one next time. Okay. Yeah. Buy right. Well, just hearing all the fun that you've had with the Lambo, I, I could see uh, where, yeah. you know, sometimes you, you just want to buy it all prepackaged and have somewhere that knows, yes, this. This, 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 and this. Well, if yeah. I get a chance to tell the story about how a three-inch PVC pipe saved my life with the Exoset on the Patreon channel, yeah, it's a good story to listen to. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll make sure that that one's on okay. the Patreon. Definitely. So, Definitely, nice little plug right there. All right, Matt. I just did build or buy. Oh yeah, it's your, yeah, yeah, it's your oh, turn, it's man. Okay, so we. <laughs> So, so I'm throwing off my game. Normally I have a little checkbox. Uh, so we've talked about a lot of sports cars, uh, but in the current arena, it seems like the war is crazy off-road super truck. And the two factory Supreme vehicles right now, Ford Raptor and TRX, which one has your vote? I would say TRX. Yes. I'm a Dodge guy. Through and through, I've owned plenty of Dodges. Um, definitely TRX. Well, you know, there's one for sale in just a couple blocks over from here. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Even trade, maybe? Even trade? <laughs> I know they're going please for don't, good Please money. don't. Please don't. Please <laughs> don't. Oh. Keep the Lambo. <laughs> I said nothing. Forget. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one, you have to pick one or the other. Oh. And it, it, mm. it might hurt your feelings a little bit. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. So I'll scoot away just to. I'm ready. 
If I you think. had to choose one over the other, would you get a vehicle with a CVT or an EV? <laughs> I don't even know what CVT stands for. It's the constant velocity transmission, the one that doesn't shift. It's really. an auto, then? It's an auto, but it's... Yeah, it's yeah. like the worst thing yeah. of an automatic. Yeah. Or yeah. an EV. Yeah. And I have to choose one? You have to choose one. <laughs> this is a lose-lose. <laughs> it is, yeah. I'll go with EV. Okay. That that yeah. lightning, maybe? Right. I do dig the lightning. Yeah, it is yeah. pretty sweet. See? Or See, the, what's sweet. the Tesla Plaid model? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There are some bonkers EVs out there. Yes, there are. It's starting to get a little more it's, interesting. It is actually growing on me. Some of these the hypercar manufacturers coming yeah. out with EV cars or the, yeah. you know, mostly electric motor with a small little gas engine. Yeah. It's growing on me. And uh, unfortunately, it's the way of the future. Unfortunately. Yep. Yeah. That's right. what they tell us anyway. But uh, that's a story <laughs> for another day. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So this makes eight. Uh-huh. Hmm. <laughs> Favorite driving song? Ooh, one song or just an entire genre? Or genre. I, I always put that caveat on there. Okay. Uh, for a long time, I was all about the techno and the dance music, okay. just uh-huh. the fast-paced beat, mm-hmm. and I'm going 150 uh, kilometers an hour. I think what does that say? <laughs> right. was that, 65 yeah. miles sure. an hour. Right. Yeah. yeah. That the techno was the way to go. Yeah. Nowadays, I, I generally like the hard rock and okay. a little bit of a little bit of metal. Okay. Okay. Matt, I believe this is your last one. Sweet tea or unsweet tea? Uh, Coke. Oh, <laughs> I don't do tea at all. Right. I can't. I've tried every kind of tea out there. Not for me. All right. Cocoa Fair water. Enough. All right. Rounding us out with a cool even ten. You spend a lot of time on the road. I do. Put a I lot have. of miles. Favorite road trip snack. Or a snacks allowed in the Viper and the Diablo. <laughs> I've had a few friends spill drinks in oh. my car, so oh. I'm allowed to have a drink. Yes. Nobody else. Yes. <laughs> um, I'd say like a Route 44 Coke yeah. and nice. maybe some beef jerky probably. Yeah. Popular answer. Popular yep. answer. All right, so we have two additional questions for okay. Brad. Plus, does this uh, turn into the V twelve question? <laughs> yeah, or? basically, yeah. I think yeah. we went through ten, yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So we've got a couple more questions. Plus, we had to hear that story about how three inch PVC pipe saved his life. But all that will be on the Patreon aftermarket right. segment uh, that we will record. So again, patreon.com slash GT Garage Talk. You can find out all about getting that aftermarket content from us that way. Uh, Brad, before we sign off, any parting words of wisdom to our gearhead listeners? When you go to buy a car, buy it smart. Yeah. Don't, don't just pick up the cheapest car on Craigslist or eBay. I'm talking from personal experience. <laughs> Sometimes they can be nightmares. Okay. Do your research. Get a PPI done before buying the car. That's that's the best advice I can give. Right. Awesome. On the fly. With the awesome. pressure on me right now. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> With that, uh, that is the the end of this episode. Uh, you can find out more about us by heading over to gtgaragetalk.com. You can see what we're driving, what we have driven. Uh, go subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash gtgaragetalk. And until next time, bye. Bye.